the Public News Service Daily Newscast for January the 11th, 2022. I'm Mark Clifford. The state of Oregon is now in the midst of its biggest spike in COVID-19 cases since the start of the pandemic. Our Eric Tegedoff reports health officials there are urging the public to get vaccinated or, if they're already vaccinated, to get a booster shot. The Omicron variant is driving cases up across the country. Dr. Leona O'Keefe is public health officer with Jackson County Public Health. She says people who are vaccinated need to consider a booster, noting that folks with the first series of vaccine are 30 to 40 percent protected against infection from Omicron. If you've been boosted, you're about 70 to 75 percent protected. So obviously there's quite a big difference in your level of protection once you're boosted. O'Keefe says even people with boosters might still feel ill, but their chances of spreading COVID-19, being hospitalized, or dying are cut down massively. Guidelines for when to get a booster recently changed, with folks who received Moderna or Pfizer vaccines eligible for a booster after five months. Boosters are suggested after two months for people who received the Johnson & Johnson shot. Governor Kate Brown spearheading a campaign to get boosters to a million Oregonians by the end of January. To date, the state has reached about a quarter of that goal. A sick in New York mourns the deaths of at least 17 people in the Bronx, including nine children, from an apartment fire that poured smoke through a Fordham Heights high-rise. That from the New York Daily News. The news adds an electric space heater caught fire in a duplex apartment spanning the second and third floors of the 19-story building. When the occupants fled, the smoke followed them through an open door. Firefighters who rushed to the scene found victims on every floor. A new poll finds a majority of Mainers are struggling to afford the medical care that they need. Advocates for increasing access to health care say Governor Janet Mills and the legislature have taken steps to address the issues such as creating a Maine Prescription Drugs Affordability Board, expanding options for coverage, and providing small businesses with subsidies to help pay insurance premiums. But they also say more needs to be done. Elise Lowry is a public health policy analyst at Altirum Healthcare Value Hub. She says the survey shows nearly 65% of Maine adults reported having a health care affordability burden in the last year. Affordability burdens can include going without coverage due to the high cost of insurance, delaying or foregoing care due to affordability concerns, and getting care but struggling to pay the resulting medical bills. She notes that affordability burdens were found across all income levels, and when it came to age, 18 to 34-year-olds experienced the greatest burdens. Four in five main residents reported being worried about affording coverage at some point in the future. I'm Lee Volke reporting. This is PNS. Condemnation for last year's January 6th attack on the Capitol emerged from all quarters, but some believe colleges and universities have been slow to respond in a meaningful way. Jeremy Surrey, a professor of history and public affairs at the University of Texas at Austin, says institutions may want to avoid controversy, despite a commitment to promote civic engagement and civil dialogue. He believes there's an obligation to teach students the event's significance, similar to what occurred after the 9-11 terrorist attacks. It's not as if faculty aren't talking about it, but we're not talking about it publicly. We are individually, but the institution doesn't want to own it. They don't want to have an institutional teaching, as we should have had on January 6th. Surrey notes that the pandemic has been the biggest hindrance to a broader discussion. I'm Roz Brown. Meantime, modern-day slavery exists in the form of human trafficking, Ohio among the top states with high rates of that crime. Traffickers use force or fraud to compel both children and adults to provide commercial labor or sexual services. 
President and CEO of the Ohio Alliance to End Sexual Violence, Rosa Beltre, explains that five major highways with easy access to Canada and the Midwest position Ohio as a hub for human trafficking. She notes the state also is vulnerable because it has both large urban centers and rural areas, as well as a large immigrant population. It does happen in our backyard, and we can all help by being in tune, looking at the signs of physical abuse, of fear. They can also be empathetic and being intentional about being catalysts of change. Beltre works with the Ohio Human Trafficking Task Force, a collaboration of 14 state agencies working to prevent exploitation, support survivors, and ensure offenders are brought to justice. Today is National Human Trafficking Awareness Day, and Beltre encourages Ohioans to wear blue to support the cause. Mary Sherman reporting. And finally, Emily Scott tells us Pennsylvania stands to gain at least $100 million to improve broadband access from the Federal Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. The Pennsylvania Broadband Development Authority will manage the influx of federal funds to support the construction of new towers, lines, and broadband equipment. Nearly two years into the pandemic, Bill Johnson Walsh of AARP Pennsylvania says expanding Internet access across the state is critical. They really want to stay connected to their families, especially their grandchildren. And utilizing these $100 million is really going to go a long way to make sure that we have the health benefits that we need through telehealth and that we really reduce social isolation. More than 800,000 Pennsylvanians lack access to high-speed Internet. This is Mike Clifford for Public News Service, member and listener supported, heard on radio stations big and small. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.